Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 40, and we have a menage a trois of hosts today. We've got Wade, of course, on Skype from his home. Wade, how are you holding up? Doing well. Going a little crazy, but hanging in there. And rejoining the show, coming off the critically acclaimed Game 1 of the 1998 World Series episode, Tommy Morris. Tommy, welcome back. Thank you. Also going insane. That was a great episode you guys did. Appreciate that. I thought so. I tried not to screw it up. <laughs> On today's show, pretty much inspired by you, Tommy. Um, we're going over the best Padres to leave the organization, the guys who went on to have the most successful careers. What what inspired you for that idea? I don't remember. I, I think it's something to do with it was like top prospects or something for each position, and I said probably easier to pick guys that traded away. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where we came at, at that. I think yeah, that's so that's there. where the that's the the basis idea that we had, and then we kind of narrowed it down to make you know instead of just prospects, we did kind of all players, and it's um, not just trades, but kind of anyone who just left and went on to have great success because that's kind of how it goes with all pottery players. It seems so, like they always have great success against us too when they're playing us, especially that. Or great player, it could do the reverse too. Great players who came to San Diego and were just terrible. That list would go on forever. That's a good list. <laughs> Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds. Scott Rowland was he on the? When was he on the Padres? I might be thinking of Morgan Ensberg. Joe Randa, Cliff Joe Floyd. <laughs> I think of Brian Giles. That's the first guy I think of. Wasn't that bad? On base machine, huge dick. Mike too. Cameron. I thought Cameron was fine on the Padres. Who? Mike Cameron was fine on the Padres. Yeah, of course he was. Milton Bradley. Yeah, I take back my hey, take back my Scott Rowland thing. I was literally thinking of Joe Randa. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So let's get on. Let's get on with this before we get lost. uh, Just talking shit on the Padres. That could be another episode. We'll consider that. We'll throw that in the the think tank for later. Prospects were the first target here, but. Way too difficult to make that list, right? I mean, that wasn't really ever an option for you guys. I had a major problem finding prospects that left and then did anything. There's a couple really good ones, but you can't form a whole team. So what we're, what we're trying to do is form a starting eight position players, and then we're going to throw in a couple of pitchers also at the end. Um, Tommy, what do you think about making this list? It got harder. It was harder than I thought, especially with the pitchers, as you'll see when we get there. It was kind of a struggle pulling out names, but I think we figured it out. So this is how we're going to do it. We each got three positions to kind of draft, I guess. Um, and if you felt like, I mean, I know Tommy selected a pitcher too. Wade didn't because he's Wade. Um, and we're going we're gonna to talk about each pick as we go through them. Wade's going to start off with catcher in a minute, but we each got three positions. We're going to go around the diamond and then do a little discussion, a little debate about each guy. Uh, maybe we disagree. Maybe we don't agree. And then um, we'll move on to the next pick. So that's kind of how it's going to go. Does that make sense to everybody? Yep. Sparkles. Sparkles. Uh, that's a South Park reference for anyone listening. Um, 
so as self-deprecating pottery fans, this is this is kind of all we have. This is a fun little exercise. I know it's depressing, but if you're not a depressed pottery fan, then you're not really a pottery fan. And I also believe in kind of the butterfly effect. So I'm not necessarily saying we shouldn't have made any of these moves because um, when you make one move, it kind of cascades and all these other things happen. Um, if you keep one player, you probably don't get another player in the future because yeah, but then we would never would have won that World Series. Yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> the, the World Series 2024, we would have never won it if any of these moves didn't happen. Uh, probably don't have, yeah, don't have Fer- Fernando Tatis Jr., let's say, if we had re-signed, I don't know, Gary Sheffield long-term. Or we Vinny Castilla. Switch hitting dingers. Uh, all right, Miss Vinny Castilla. Those are the, the golden age of Potter players. Um, so, Wade, why don't you just lead us off right now? Who do you have at catcher, and who do you thought had the best career after he left the Padres? Catcher was kind of tough. There were a couple, uh, a couple of players I was debating on, but um, I ended up going with Sandy Alomar Jr. So what's the, I mean, I, as the host, I, I have the most work to do here, and I looked up kind of catchers as well, and there weren't, there's not a ton of good ones, but there's a, there's a couple mediocre ones. So what'd you end up picking Alomar for? So I ended up picking Alomar, I mean, kind of just his career highlights and awards, kind of based on that. Mm-hmm. He was a six-time All-Star. He was the AL Rookie of the Year. He won the Gold Glove, and he's in the Indians Hall of Fame. Um, he was kind of pigeonholed behind the other person that I was going to pick, Benito Santiago. Um, and then we traded him away, uh, and right as we traded him, he immediately won Rookie of the Year. That's going to be a, a trend throughout this list is we traded someone away and they went on to just be a stud either in their first or second year. We're going to see a lot of future Cy Young awards, future MVPs that left the Padres, all-stars. There's a lot of them. Uh, Tommy, did you think of anyone else for catcher or is this pick okay with you? Uh, yeah, I, I, the only one, other one I ever thought of was Benito just because also he had such a long career too, which is kind of crazy. And then if you want to put Grandall in there, you could, I guess, but. The whole steroid thing kind of made him hard to retain, so it would be kind of tricky to, to convince yourself that Grindal would be an option there. Yeah, Grindal's a really good choice, although obviously his career's not over yet. He's been one of the best catchers in baseball the last few years. Grindal's one of the ones that fits on, plays extremely well against the Padres. That too. Um, and ju- I mean, he's just he's good defensively, good offensively. He's kind of just good against everyone, but um, especially against the Padres, it seems like. Um, Benito Santiago is the one I was really considering four silver sluggers, four all-stars, three gold gloves, got MVP votes a couple seasons. Um, one of those seasons was with the Padres in 1990 and pretty much had his best seasons with the Padres. So I didn't, I kind of, I'm not going to disagree with Wade with Sandy Alomar. I think Benito had, we we got all of the best from Benito. And by the time he left, um, he had a longer, he had a long career, played 20 seasons, 13 away from the Padres. But most of his war was in those first seven years with the Padres. So I think we got the best out of him. Chalk one up for Wade. Great draft pick. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll just go ahead and make that official. Uh, Sandy Alomar Jr., the catcher that got away. Going over to first base. This is, this is where it starts to really get painful. Uh, Tommy had first base. So, Tommy, who'd you pick? You had to go with the crime dog here, Fred McGriff. I Wade, mean, talk he... about a guy. Sorry, go. I was going to ask Wade if he uh, agreed or disagreed with that pick. I mean, that was a tough one, but looking at Rizzo, I don't know. 
Yes, well, let, Tommy, you make the case for McGriff, and then we can debate a little bit. You could argue Rizzo. I could see that, but I try to steer away from the current players, even though I did pick one later. Uh, the reason being, I mean, he ends up being an all-star uh, five times, three Silver Slugger awards, wins a wins a World Series. When you think back at those, like the you know the Brave Dynasty era, he's one of the guys you think about. So it's and it, it happened like right after he was traded. So <laughs> I, that that kind of is one of those other things that kind of puts a knife in the back a little bit. You, you trade him, then he becomes an All Star three times in a row. Gets finishes eighth in MVP voting, um, and is again a, a you know very very incremental part of that World Series team in 1995 so i that's why i went with mcgriff and then he goes on to um you know it, it this is a bummer he ended up hitting 593 home runs so close but um you know, just, again a, a great player and not a hall of famer but a guy who's definitely gonna be in the discussion i think um until he runs out of eligibility it was a uh, 493 home runs right 493 yeah the best um, thing he ever did was those Tom Amansky commercials. I used to love those. That too. That might be why it's so ingrained in my head because you see on my TV all the time. Yeah. He, yeah, he, I think would be my pick too. There's a case for Rizzo. Rizzo had some, he's still having some really good seasons. Uh, I did a lot of war calculating because that's just kind of the easiest way to do this with, uh, instead of just subjectively looking at each guy, but count, you can count awards, you can count war. Um, you used, I, there's a lot of ways to do this, but with McGriff, there's the case for Rizzo. Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian, Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, but you could argue he was worse when he left. He had some, he had some good years left in him. I, I would argue, well, actually by war, um, his best season, I don't have his, uh, seasons right in front of me, but his best season with the Padres was that 40 Homer year. I think it was 2010. Does that sound right? Okay. I don't... <laughs> I'm not going to check it. I'll just count it. Count it. And then, uh, and then it was his first year with Boston. Um, where he hit like 338 with 27 homers, um, 45 doubles. That's I, I looked these numbers up earlier, but those two years were identical in WAR. And then he had he had some really good years with the Dodgers too, even though they were later. The the power stats weren't quite there, but th- there's a world where the Padres keep him, and he just keeps doing that for you know five six years. He would have been he would have aged pretty well. I think you would have played better here just because there's less stress. I, th- I think the stress kind of got to him being in Boston and Los Angeles. I, th- I think he kind of enjoyed being kind of under the radar here in San Diego. That too. and um, Hometown kid, you know, had everything kind of going for him here. Yeah, so there were some options here. McGriff, Rizzo, Gonzalez, um, Derek Lee, not so much. I mean, Derek Lee was a good player, but not kind of on this level. Um, I'm fine with Fred McGriff here. I think it's a good pick. He accumulated 23.8 war after leaving the Padres. That's kind of a lot considering he was already an all-star when he left. Yeah. Second base. We'll go to me. And this one was, I mean, there's some easy picks here, but this is one of the easier ones and it's Roberto Alomar jr. Oh yeah. I think there was, I mean, I, for a split second, I thought about Alan Wiggins and went looking up Wiggins' father. Yeah. Shout out to Candace Wiggins. Uh, local product at La Jolla Gentry Day. You could have gone, this would have been, obviously you made the right choice. You could have gone Brett Boone. Brett? With, uh, how long was he on the Padres? A couple of years? He, only a couple of years, and then he left and magically started hitting home runs. <laughs> I thought he was pretty good when he got here already. With the, Wasn't he I'd have to look on that the Mariners up. before he got here and pretty good? He was good, but it was after the Padres when he, when he became a home run hitter somehow, magically, in his 30s. <laughs> 
Let me check him out. And then that lasted for a little bit. And that was the end of that. So no. So when he was with the Padres, he's only here for one season. Again, I know he's only here for one season. So it doesn't really count. 19 home runs. Then he explodes to hit 37, 24, 35, 24. And then that was kind of end of his career. But that's a great uh, call by you. Great. I mean, I, I didn't really realize I, in my memory, I guess Brett Boone to me was just always kind of that home run hitter and it didn't really happen until he left San Diego. You're right. It was very odd. And he had 141 RBIs that first season in Seattle. God, 2001 was a great year, wasn't he it? He hit 331. <laughs> <laughs> he went from hitting 250 to 331 with, uh, you know, almost doubling his home run total. So one, one home run shy of doubling it. Kind of bloomer. Yeah. Most people, you know, they hit their stride at 32. So those early 2000s were great for old man baseball. You look at Brett Boone's uh, Wikipedia page and the Padres aren't even on there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, that's, a, I think it's a legitimate case because like, you bring the guy in, he was 31 when he got here, but there, if you had kept him around, you know, he, he accumulated a lot of good years after he left. He was third in MVP voting in 2001, 10th in uh, 2003. Like there's a case we made for Brett. Three-time gold glove winner. If you want to talk about defense, let's get back to Alomar though, because Alomar is one of the best second basemen of all time, kind of by the numbers. And just three seasons with the Padres, his first three. So he kind of fits into that class of the prospects who came up and we we traded away. They were all good years. So it's not like he suffered a little bit and then we got him out of here. Um, finished fifth in the Rookie of the Year voting somehow. Uh, here are some names: Chris Sabo won it. 88 Who? by Mark Grace, Tim Belcher, Ron Gant, and then Roberto Alomar. Good throw. Just, I thought you'd enjoy the throwback names. A little I bit. like the Mark Grace. Would you talk to everybody that can't got on first? I mean, that's all first baseman, isn't it? He was like known for it though. Alomar career 300 hitter career 370 on base guy stole 474 bases in his career. Um, he was a goal. He was a, um, an all-star his third year with the Padres. And then we traded him and then he was an all-star 11 years in a row after that. Who, who did we get for him in that trade? Uh, we're going to cover that a lot. Don't worry. We, tra- well, we traded him and Joe Carter to the Toronto blue Jays for a package kind of centered around Fred McGriff. We got Joe Carter for Sandy Alomar jr. Shout no, out to the catcher. He was, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sandy. Um, yeah. Lots, I mean, lots of Alomar brother. Yeah. Trade, trade him for, Trade the brother for him and then trade him and the brother together. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, Tony Fernandez great, was a good player and Fred McGriff is a good player. If they, I mean, if they should have kept them. Well, we're, yeah, we're going we're gonna to embrace debate with that later, too. Do you redo that trade? We're going to talk about that at the end. So don't worry, guys. Anyway, the pick here was clearly Roberto Alomar Jr. Um, there's a case we made. He's a top five second baseman of all time. So that one hurts a lot. I think that's one of the most painful ones. Uh, Career war after leaving the Padres, 54.7. So that that number by itself is a Hall of Fame number. And that, I mean, that might have been more than, what did Jeter have? I think that's more than Jeter already. But um, easy pick there. We'll go, to, we'll go to shortstop. Wade, you're up again. I think this was by far the easiest pick of the draft. Um, and I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Ozzy Smith. Oh, they're gonna say D'Angelo Jimenez, <laughs> Alexi Imarista, <laughs> Everett Cabrera. Oh, oh, Everett had some good year. I liked Everett. Uh, but I mean, the numbers speak for himself. He's probably, if not the best shortstop ever, one of the best shortstops ever. Defensively, defensively, 
15 time All Star uh, World Series champ in '82, which uh, led to Jack Buck's call, "Go crazy, folks!" Nice. Um, 13 time Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slug Slugger Award in 1987, the Roberto Clemente Award in 1995. So you know he was a good guy. Uh, retired for the Cardinals and was a first ballot Hall of Famer with 91.7%. Pretty much only remembered as a Cardinal. No one thinks of him as a Padre. Not one person thinks of him there, as a Padre. There's a couple of videos of like him doing flips on the Padres, but that's about it. Well, it's that one play where the ball's hit up the middle and it hits a rock or a spigot and then goes to his right and he has to reach back bare hand and grab it. That's on the Padres. And that's kind of the yeah. best shortstop highlight of all time. Yeah. Uh, did you think of Khalil Green for a hot minute? I did, and he also went to the Cardinals as well. And then had his social anxiety disorder kick in really hard, and he had to retire like a year later. Where do you think he is right now? He's Bali. He's got to be on a beach in Kauai, right? I mean, Bali. he's been social distancing for 13 <laughs> years now. <laughs> he's, he's in a location that has less than, whatever town he's in has a population less than 1,000 people, and it's some sort of island town. And he's eating tuna. Yeah, you think he's still eating tuna sandwiches every day? Eating those sleeves or wearing those sleeves? Gotta watch your mercury intake when you're eating tuna that much. It's dangerous. Uh, he got us Luke Gregerson. It was a good deal. I'm I'm happy with Luke coming over in that deal. So high on Khalil Green. Yeah. Luke Green's married. Huh. Uh, somebody met Khalil Green and married him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Odd. All right. Uh, third base, Tommy. What do you got? Oh, she's a. Uh... Looks like she's a reporter, this lady. Okay. Good, <laughs> Good for her. Uh, I kind of, you could say this is sort of cheating, but it's not, so don't say that. I picked Gary Sheffield because he was a third baseman when he was here. I absolutely don't think that's cheating. When I was looking this up, yeah, I didn't realize how much third base he played, but on the Padres, he was a third baseman, so fire away. Yeah, he played third base until he left. And then even for another year, he played third base and they moved him to the outfield. But he, he was an all-star and he was third in MP. I don't know how you let this go. All-star third and then people uh, voting silver slugger at third base. He had three thirty that year with 33 home runs. He's only 23 years old. And you, you decided to trade him fine. Cool. Sure. And then he obviously goes on to have the career that he had on multiple different teams. Nine time all-star um, major league player of the year or minor league player. Excuse me. Uh, five times silver slugger award winner, 97 world series winner, batting title winner. So. And it's not like he was a free agent either. To keep, especially at 23, but that's just me. It's not like he was a free agent either. Didn't he have a couple of years left on that deal? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what the, the contract situation was, but I, I think... That was I, the whole fire it, sale year. We just sold everybody. Yeah, I, there were so many... I mean, I, you know what? I mean, you could make the argument we get Trevor Hoffman back in a trade, fine, but I, I don't... I would not make that argument. I think I read some stat that he was statistically the worst third-base fielder of all time. <laughs> Well, that's why, yeah, that's why they put him in the outfield. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so tr- we get Trevor Hoffman back in that deal. Hall of Famer, arguably one of the best closers of all time. I understand someone could say that made sense. But still, I'd rather have a position player than a closer. So tough one to, to look back on. I think the organization failed to realize that during a rebuild, you want to keep your young, good talent. Your 23-year-olds. Yeah, you, you keep those guys, and then you fire sale everybody around them. Maybe the older talent, that's still good. But you keep the young – I mean, you're supposed to keep a core. I think that's a key part of this rebuild that they missed. Um, did you think about Kevin Mitchell at all for this position? Uh, not really, no. I, I, think I, was, I don't know why. My, my, my brain went straight to Gary Sheffield immediately when you told me what positions I had. So I, that was like the first thing I thought of. 
What about Where? David Freeze? World Series MVP? World Series MVP. That's not a bad call, actually. That's not uh, a bad call. Here's the case for Kevin Mitchell. So he was signed by the Mets as an amateur free agent randomly. Um, traded from the Mets to the Padres. Uh, Padres gave up Gene Walter, Adam Ging, and uh, Wade's guy, Kevin McReynolds. Uh, shout out Kevin McReynolds. We're going to talk about in a minute. Um, we held on to him for one year. He didn't have a very good year, about one war in about half a season. Traded him to the Giants. And two years later, he was NL MVP with the Giants. T- 291 with 388 on base and 47 home runs. So he had, he had a good little uh, career. Not No, I would say career-wise, Sheffield significantly better, though. I would agree. So uh, Mitchell had probably two really outstanding seasons. And then Gary Sheffield's kind of, um, you know, never won an MVP, but was really, really close a bunch, was, you know, getting MVP votes almost every season. I think uh, it's closer than you might think. Um, and you see MVPs for Mitchell. You, I mean, you want to pick him, but I think I think the picks here, the pick here is Gary Sheffield. Wade, you agree? I agree. All right, moving on. Outfield's getting a little tricky because uh, we had some guys play multiple positions. We had some older guys who maybe didn't stay at their position after they left, kind of pulling a Gary Sheffield here. But left field, I took a guy. Um, Tommy might not like this because he only played one year with the Padres, but it's Joe Carter. Thought, All out. All, All out. out. Wade? Yeah. I mean, again, goes back to uh, the trade of letting other people go. Kind of buy high, sell low. Yeah, Padres are great at that. <laughs> Interesting strategy. Not maybe not not something I would recommend, but uh, it's bold. Um, he's a late bloomer. Came over from Cleveland and didn't really get his career off the ground until he was about 26 years old, which is 1986. He had a, a 5.8 WAR season that year. Traded from the Indians to the Padres in 1990 for Wade's guy Sandy Alomar, Carlos Baerga, and Great Chris name. James. Uh, Carlos w- Hall of Fame batting stance from Carlos Baerga. Him and Jim Laritz. Spent Jim, one year in San Jim Diego. Jim like a psychopath. <laughs> Wait, spent one year in San Diego. Um, he and Alomar Jr. ended up going to Toronto for Tony Fernandez and Fred McGriff. Um, he ended up re-signing with the Blue Jays uh, later. Just the one year in San Diego that I mentioned. Played some center field. Played some left field. Played some first base. Um, like it wasn't very good Hit 24 home runs, but a, a 232 average and a sub 300 on base. So he's not really like jumping off the pages to you as a guy you should keep. Um, uh, but ended up going on to, you know, hit the, probably the most famous hit in world series history, the, the walk-off home run in 1992. Um, after leaving the Padres immediately had success, 4.7 war, 2.5 war, two war. Those are back-to-back world series. Those last two years, um, just, just a guy that the Padres sold on way too early, kept him for half a season, and then moved on. Um, he had a ton of success after leaving the Padres, and he's kind of one of the poster childs, poster child for uh, those guys that leave just a year too early and then gets really good. You know what's kind of crazy? He was an he was not an All Star until the year after they traded him too. He did not he did not make an All Star team until he's thirty one. Yeah, the old sell low, like Wade Sand. Crazy. He, yeah, not, not one of the better players on the pretty weak defensively. Uh, the Potters only ended up losing a career 7.4 war from him, but as a middle of the order bat, uh, a guy that's going to scare you, a good guy to have around. And it's, 
it's funny that he and his, um, the Alomars all, you know, they leave the Potteries and not only do they get good, but they go win world series, multiple world series. It's just, it's sad. Um, Wade Centerfield, who'd you have? This again was another easy one. So thank you for giving me all the easy positions today. Well, easy. I mean, this, this, we fudged this one a little bit. So I'm going to go with, uh, Dave Winfield here. And I mean, this isn't really the Padres fault. He was a free agent and Steinbrenner made him the highest paid player in baseball at the time. Um, so you can't really fault the Padres for losing him, but he did go on to have a amazing career with the Yankees, which makes you think why he's in the hall of fame as a Padre. Well, he had some really good Padre years, obviously. Um, Paul, I mean, hall of fame numbers, uh, over half of his career with the Padres. He played center field sporadically with the Padres uh, I mean, across multiple seasons. He, he was in he the was, center field. He was on the Padres for seven years and he didn't really make an all-star team until 1977, his fifth year. Um, and that's kind of when he burst onto the national scene was his first all-star year. Um, in 90, in 79, he batted 308 with 35 home runs and 118 RBIs. Um, and then went on to have an illustrious career. In pinstripes. Probably just remembered as a Yankee by anyone that's not from San Diego. Uh, Tommy, are you okay with us putting him at center field? Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, we, we had to get a little creative here. So, I don't mind it. Especially because, you know, in, in the Padres' defense, in the 90s, there was a lot of guys who did not leave that were outfielders. Obviously, Gwynn, Finley. Um, so, I, I'm okay with it. There's, there's cases for a couple other guys if you want to go more pure center field. Um, I had to look these guys up. Got a, don't have a lot of memories from these seventies players, but Kevin McReynolds was a good center fielder. George Hendrick, um, not outstanding, but you know, solid season hit for average hit for a little power played center field well, and ended up going to St. Louis. But I think if you're going to have a center fielder, it, it has to be, if it's not left field, if it's not right field, it, it's Dave Winfield in center field. Um, so we had to make room for him somewhere. And because he did, he actually did go play some center field when he was at the Padres kind of stopped after he left. But for the, pr- the purpose of this conversation, we'll keep him in center. Um, ended up losing when, when he left the Padres uh, took 32.2 war with him. And I'm using baseball reference for these war numbers, 30 over 32 war. That's a significant chunk of war you're losing, but um, yeah, it, there's nothing you could really do when you're trying to bid against the Yankees. The Yankees decided they wanted him and they were going to get him. So I don't really blame the, the – this is the first guy I don't blame the organization for letting leave, but it's just unfortunate that they did. Another uh, Roberto Clemente award winner, by the way. Potters have a few of those. It's not bad. All-around all good guys leaving the organization. Taking a quick break to talk about Bet Online. While you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. No NBA, no NHL. No MLB, maybe no NFL even. Um, but on the draft, it's happening uh, tomorrow, maybe today, depending on when you listen to this. But Bet Online still has hundreds of other things to bet on. You can check out their online casino with poker, blackjack. There's esports, lots of other th- things to bet on. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollar poker series. Check that out. There is still fun to be had. So go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code MyPod100 to receive your welcome bonus. On your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, back to the podcast. 
right field. I mean, there's a guy named Tony Gwynn who played a lot of right field for the Padres, but were there, was there someone else that you thought of Tommy that maybe the Padres were a little too eager to let go? Ah, uh, it was tough. I mean, there's, cause I wanted to really pick someone who had a better career afterwards. The Padres have a lot of guys who were kind of in the middle of the career were okay in the outfield and they got rid of them and they weren't that great. So, um, I settled on Jason Bay here for this one. I think Jason Bay's a pretty good one. I mean, considering he was that you didn't such have a highly touted recruit or uh, prospect. Yeah, I think he gave up on him obviously way too early. I remember when he came up as a big deal and they traded him right away, basically to the Pirates. Ends up being Rookie of the Year. He's an All Star three times, Silver Slugger Award winner when he's on the Red Sox in '09, and gets some MVP votes three times. So, not a very long career. He was done by the time he was 34, but it would have been nice to have that bat. <laughs> um, especially in that, that era right there when the Padres were good in the early two thousands, it would have been really nice to have another all-star out there, but it is what it is. Well, you had Brian Giles swinging his dick around in the clubhouse and on <laughs> yeah, get rid of that guy and, uh, beating his wife at bars in Scottsdale. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Hey, maybe is that, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, about there's that. video. It's on video. video. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, well, the outfield back then, you, so you could make that argument. It was too crowded. You had Klesko, uh, Dave Roberts, Brian Giles. Brian Giles, who could play center field if you really wanted to, but later in his career, probably a little more difficult. Uh, they also had X and 80 on the bench. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense where they got rid of them. They're, they're crowded in the outfield, but it's kind of a bummer. Oh, Joe Randa was on the team. How about that? Like, yeah. <laughs> another, another Joe Randa mentioned on the show. Yeah. John Crock. Did you think about him at all? I forgot. Uh, he was I did. I did think about John Crook, um, obviously, but but um, I don't know. I want Jason Bedge because he's a little more recent. So recency bias, go Jason Ben. Recency bias for sure. John Crook, sneaky good career. People forget. You just think of him as an announcer, kind of pudgy, kind of unathletic looking. But uh, came up with the Padres in 86, stuck around through 89, went to Philly, and then kind of just remembered as a Philly after that. Career 300 hitter. 10 seasons career 397 on base guy and had some really productive war seasons. Um, 91, 92 back to back, uh, had a 4.7 war and a 4.3 war. Oh, and then in 93, another 4.7 war. Those are his best years. And they were all in Philadelphia. And he went up to bat backwards against Randy Johnson in an all-star game. That's probably classic, what he's remembered for. Classic yeah. crook. And played yeah. kind of played. I mean, mostly right field first base. Um, some left field, uh, kind of all over, just kind of Joe Carter-ish in that left field, right field, first base. Uh, I, John Cruck was a, a good candidate for this. I was close to picking John Cruck for, um, I did an all, I did a team by myself at the end of this, and we're going to talk about it. But um, for for just picking, you know, in a vacuum, the guy that you hate to see, Lee, I think, I think Jason Bay is a fine call. The Padres lost 24.4 war from Jason Bay after they, they traded him. He had some really, really good years, probably better than any single year that John Crook had. So John oh. Crook looks like he could easily be a star in a sitcom. <laughs> that are you looking at his, uh, what is baseball reference page? Um, what I'm just city saying you, in general, what city do you think up. that sitcom would take place in Tom? Somewhere in the Midwest, like Detroit. I would have said like Florida, Columbus, Florida. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, where he has some sort of uh, middle management job with a really hot wife for some reason and kids who are out of control. Yeah. I can see it. 
I can he's, from West Virgi- he's from West Virginia. That's a good location too. Oh yeah, I should put it there. It's perfect. Don't think yourselves. I think the answer here is West Virginia. Yeah. So that was right field. Oh, you wrote We're- two books. What what are they? Or maybe it's well, it's one book with a long title. Uh, it's called <laughs> "I Ain't an Athlete, Lady: My Well-Rounded Life and Times" by John Crook. Of course it is. That's what <laughs> <laughs> sounds like. Sounds like a sitcom. A must read. Okay, we're we're at the end of the list here. We got pitcher, and then um, I'll do my pitcher, and then if you guys have have any candidates you want to nominate, you can go ahead after oh, I. Oh, I did mine. a pitcher. You have one. Yeah. Okay. Well, the guy that I I'll, I'll tease it up a little bit here. So possibly could have gone with Kevin Brown, but he I think was always going to be a rental. And it was, I mean, he had one outstanding year, should have won the Cy Young in the National League, but um, he ended up being, I think, the most expensive free agent signing by the Dodgers in history at that point. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah. We ended up being expensive for the uh, taxpayers of San Diego because he got a stadium built. (laughs) It's worth it. Guys making money. Um, Likewise, Peavy, I think, wasn't really that good after he went to Chicago. He was in that deal for, uh, we talked about, prospects Aaron Pareda and um, Clayton Richard came over from the White Sox in that deal but he never really was a Cy Young candidate again after leaving the Padres he had one good year with the White Sox that I did I thought he was just bad every year but he, he snuck in one good year with the White Sox um, where he threw 200 innings and had a five war but um, other than he, that he won a World had, Series with the Giants God, everybody wins a fucking World Series with the Giants <laughs> um, so the obvious one here is Corey Kluber uh, two-time Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber, who didn't pitch one inning for the Padres, drafted by the Padres in the fourth round in 2007, traded the Indians in that 2010 deal, three-team deal, uh, that brought Ryan Ludwig to the team. You guys have fond Ryan Ludwig memories? We made the playoffs with Ludwig. Uh, didn't make the playoffs in 2010. They uh, lost I'm, l- thinking, I'm thinking Joe Randa. <laughs> um they that's the team that lost 10 games in a row in the i think it was either august or september and then had to sweep the giants in the final series to make the playoffs won the first two they had matt latos pitching the final game and they lose does that sound right to you yep in the sand unis I like those. I'm, I know I'm in the minority here, but I like those. Well, they've got, they brought sand back a little bit. The, the sand pinstripes. It's a sandy gray. Is that not enough for you? I like, yeah, I actually, the only, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I hate the new uniforms, but I the don't like the uniforms as much as everyone else does. And the ones I like the most are the pinstripe sand gray, sand brown. I don't, those I'm are the best big, ones by far. I'm not a big fan of the brown one. You're right. When I, I don't like, when it, yeah, me neither. When I play MLB the show, I like exclusively wear those. That's a good call. Can we um, find your Twitch? handle no i swear too much i strike out all i swing at every pitch uh so the padres sent kluber to the indians nick greenwood went to the cardinals ludwig goes to the padres indians are also sending jake westbrook to the cardinals pretty good trade for the indians here kluber at the time though middling prospect um in 2007 he was ranked the 29th best prospect in the system according to baseball america Made his MLB debut at 25. The next year wasn't very good. Took him kind of three years to figure it out. And then in 2014, won the Cy Young. 34 starts, 235 innings, 244 ERA. Um, 
he was studly and accumulated 32.2 war so far in his season. He's still going and uh, none of it's been for the Padres. He's averaged 3.5 war per season and he's had a lot of seasons where he just didn't even pitch. So it just shows you how good he has been when he has pitched. Um, I think this was the, a pretty easy call to pick Kluber. Wade, uh, you said you had a pitcher for me too. Who'd you pick? I picked Oliver Perez. Oh God. I mean, I thought about that. I actually didn't think about that. Strictly based on the longevity of his career. He's still in the league. Oh, what he's done now. These new rules are finally going to get rid of Oliver Perez. But I mean, that's so impressive. If he would have just been on the body for the whole time, he came up in 2002 and he's still in the league. (laughs) I had high hopes for Oliver Perez. He's getting on that, that path. Um, for a brief second, I had to go look up Randy Jones. He had one year with the Mets and he was in a negative war season. So we, we squeezed the most out of Randy Jones. Tommy, did you have a candidate? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it because it is a, a guy who's 26 right now, but I went with Max Fried just because he's had three or two and a half decent seasons with the Braves right now. It seems to be, he's on the right track to be an all-star type pitcher. So I went with a guy, this is like a pick that will, will be good in like five years, but I went with Max Fried. Tommy's a win, a wins counter. Your wins counter. You just won 17 games last year with the area over four, and you're just you're picking Max Fried. It was barely over four. Like his his career ERA so far is like a three eight, and he's only twenty. He was twenty five last year. That's pretty good. He's kind of the only guy I regret losing from that. You know the Preller prospect purge. That's some alliteration for you guys there. The Preller prospect. Trey purge. Turner. Oh, that's a good. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, of all the other guys in the system, um, they, he, they, he traded a ton of their prospects and none of them are really panned out except for freed. And then ob- obviously Trey Turner was a big one. So you got me there, but Joe Ross, you, uh, you want to talk about Wade, talk about Joe Ross. You love Joe Ross. No, I just, I thought that was a bad loss. I thought he was a serviceable pitcher. He, he hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's hasn't shown to be anywhere near what Tyson was, but what, what about the, uh, Wade LeBlanc? loss why? I wonder why you like Wade LeBlanc so much I don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, do you have a spicy Wade you have a spa- spicy Wade LeBlanc take uh let's see he was uh he's 45 and 47 career is he in so, Japan right now let's see where is he currently he is on the Orioles oh, oh okay upset a minor league deal though so maybe not he did he did play for the Satima Cebu Lions. Okay. Um, He's another one who this rule is going to kill him because he being a lefty, they could have easily just thrown him in the bullpen, but now he can't really do that. Yeah, I mean, the Potters haven't really drafted many good pitchers. We're not very good at drafting pitchers. That doesn't bode well for uh, Cal Quantrill or Joey Lacasey or Eric Lauer. Well, I mean, maybe the tides have turned. Mackenzie Gore coming. Never good when in 2015 your era in the Japanese league was a 4 2. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still somehow taken. He had left handed a hell of a thing. He's, he's in the Orioles organization now, but he was he was a Mariner last year. So, God. My dad was left handed. I wish he taught me to throw lefty. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> I'd still be playing in the league if I was lefty. Um, so that's the list. So, <laughs> catcher, Wade went with Sandy Alomar Jr., first base, Fred McGriff. Second base, Sandy Alomar Jr. Uh, third base, Roberto Alomar Jr. Oh, sorry, Roberto. I'm, I'm doing. All, I can't find it in my my notes. It takes too long to scroll. So, uh, 
Roberto's at second. Ozzie Smith at short. Gary Sheffield at third. Outfield goes Joe Carter, Dave Winfield, Jason Bay. And at pitcher, I think it's just pretty much Corey Kluber and you know, a lot of other, not as good candidates, but some other guys out there. PV, maybe a little Max Freed, some Wade LeBlanc. I threw together a team that w- is a, an alternate universe Padres team from the 1992 season. So I put together a starting eight, um, no pitcher because, you know, Corey Kluber didn't really, there no pitcher really fit this. So we have, a, we have a starting eight. We're just doing offense only here. And I had to take into account some of these guys were traded for the, some of these other guys. So like Fred McGriff, for example, is on the team, but Joe Carter and Roberto Alomar are not because they were traded for each other. So you couldn't really do it. The, the team I had, um, I chose 1992 because that kind of maximized the most guys. And we're going to lead it off right here. Tony Fernandez, shortstop. We're going to put him at second base because we need a second baseman. And I feel like it's fair to move a shortstop to second. Um, had a 1.1 war in 1992. He was actually on the Padres that year. Um, put him at second base, leading off second. Staying in right field also on this team was actually Tony Gwynn. Kind of in his prime here, 1992. Had a 4.6 war that season. Um, he's the right fielder over some of these other candidates. Kruk, who probably could have um, gone to left field. Uh, Winfield, who's going to kill us defensively in center field, but um, we're okay with that. Anyway, Tony Gwynn, right field. Batting third, first baseman, Fred McGriff, 5.2 war. Cleanup, Gary Sheffield, 6.2 war. Also actually on the Padres. Fifth, Dave Winfield, 4.1 war, 1992. Sixth, we found a place for John Kruk. He's he's 4.3 war that season um, for the Phillies. Batting seventh, Benito Santiago. Batting eighth, Ozzie Smith. So that's that's my team. You guys think it's pretty good? Tommy? Yeah, I think our team takes your team, though. What do you mean? Your t- well, your, the team we, we just voted on kind of is impossible because like I said, some of those players were traded for each other. Yeah. But since there's no sports to talk about, what if they were all on the same team in their prime? (laughs) Well, I think it's more fun to talk about this 92 theoretical team. Tommy break the tie here. I I think the team that we all created together wins just because we were able to cheat and (laughs) have people who were traded for each other. You guys got to cheat. Anyway, the team that I put together the 1992 blue Jays won the world series that year. Alomar, Winfield and Carter were actually all on that team. So that's nice. They're starting eight, no DH, um, which was Winfield. So we're taking Winfield off that team. We're putting it on my team. Uh, Their starting eight had a 25.2 war. My imaginary 1992 Padres starting eight had a 32.3 war. So a significantly better offense. I got a dumb question. We actually could have had this team. That's why I think this is crazy. I have a dumb, I have a dumb stat question. What's up? So, so let's say thirty-two is going to be too high of a number for this, but um, let's say okay, let's say a team has a, a team overall WAR of twenty, right? So then, do you say that they would win a hundred and one games because that's twenty more than eighty-one? No, that's not. Is that how that works? works? No. So WAR a team with the WAR of zero wouldn't be eighty-one and eighty-one. No. What would they be? Well, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't know off the top of my head. There's a way to cut. Wins above replacement, right? So what a do you team, just... I think a team of all replacement level players 
actually is pretty good. Really? Like not a playoff team, but not a bad team. But they're not a 500 team. I don't know exactly. We have to look. We have to look that up. I didn't spend any time researching that. I don't know why I've never thought of this before. I've thought about it, and I've I think I've tried to look it up, and it's really okay. So I got it. Here it is. Uh, a team would with a WAR of zero would win forty seven point six games. Oh, so I take that. I was way off there. So you're so then your little created team would only won like seventy seven games. No, because the Blue Jays who had twenty five point two WAR won like ninety five games. This oh, that's dumb. not the team. This is the starting eight. It's not even the team. Oh, because bench players in theory have WAR too. I guess starting oh, pitchers, pitchers all have too. WAR. Yeah, bullpen. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> I'll cut that, don't worry. No, keep it. It's fine. Keep it in. <laughs> well, we all sound stupid, so we'll see how it fe- I feel see how I feel in post. Um How's your little nerdy war team gonna show up against our team, you know? Your your cheating team? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'll run it down one more time. So Tony Fernandez, Tony Gwynn, Fred McGriff, Gary Sheffield, Dave Winfield, John Cruck, Benito Santiago, Ozzy Smith. That's a really you don't think that that lineup fucks? Decent, but decent. It's like whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna jump through this and fucking punch you in the face. Couldn't beat the '98 team. Fine, you guys win. I right? don't think it could be the '98 team. You don't think so? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think your '92 team beats our '98 team. Anyway, uh, the award for most WAR leaving the Padres. You guys know who it is. I kind of was going through it when we went pick by pick here, but you have a you have an idea. Uh, you, I think I know who it together. is. Tommy, what'd you say? So probably you because you put it together. <laughs> oh, I did this by myself. Wade doesn't do any homework on the show. Oh. Uh, homework? Wade, What's that? <laughs> Wade does know it just because he looked the guy up. It's Ozzy Smith, who had 65. Oh, I think he made all three of our collective picks. No, no, no. Just the one player who uh, had the most war. Uh, is it Ozzy Smith? It's Ozzy Smith, yeah. Yeah. 65.8 war after leaving the Padres. That's unbelievable. Probably the greatest shortstop to ever play the game defensively. And so he win he wins that kind of going away. Second place was Roberto Alomar Jr. 55.7 war after leaving the Padres. Gary Sheffield right behind him 53.1 war. Um, so if anything, if you if you were listening to the show and even you two, you learned a great trivia question that uh, I probably wouldn't have thought of Ozzy Smith if you asked me that question a week ago. Yeah. That Either Alomar. Yeah, I probably would have said just Dave Winfield. And if I was being cute, maybe uh, Roberto Alomar. But Ozzy kind of an upset. Makes sense when you think about it, just because his career was so long after he left the Padres and had so many high p- productive war seasons just because of his defense. Wait, what? If, how long is, was Tony Fernandez playing for after he was a Padre? He might just win just because he had so many years. <laughs> Tony Fernandez was in the major leagues forever. What about Oliver Perez's war? Oh, God. You want to oh, look that yeah. up real quick? Oliver you can look that up, Wade. Wait, oh, I, I look up our war. No, you just go to baseball reference and. Uh, Tony Fernandez isn't close. Never mind. <laughs> but he, he played for like forever. He played till he was 39. That's good. He had a good career. Yeah. 10.6 war for Oliver Perez. That makes sense. Hard to build up a war when each time you appear in a game you're pitching to one player yeah <laughs> he was a starter though when he came up people forget that he just we get rocked oh he was i loved him back then. He, he big strikeout guy when he first came up 
he started against the Yankees. I was at that game. Pretty good. I, I, mean, I, I hate I hate him now, but I liked him when he first came up. Um, so what'd you guys think of that exercise? Do you have fun? Final thoughts? Wade, you go first. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it goes to show Padres can't keep talent. <laughs> no, they did. That's I think no. Okay. I, I, if you do this with any mid to small market team, you're going to come up with the same results. I, I don't, I don't think it, it's just, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. It is. It, it's well said too, Tom. Um, it hurts a little bit when the multiple players on this list are Hall of Famers. I don't think every team can say that. Every, <laughs> I don't think any team can say they have retired numbers for guys who are Hall of Famers for other teams, like the Pots <laughs> do, but that's the thing we do also, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Steve Garvey, that one still makes no sense to me. <laughs> Padre great Steve Garvey. <laughs> uh, it does always crack me up, too. In Petco and left field, there's a little, like, it's like a shrine to all players that are in the Hall of Fame that were at one point Padres. Oh, the God. Mike Piazza one. Yeah, like, Piazza out there. Yeah. David <laughs> Wells. Like, it's just, like, just so ridiculous. Great like, play, Half a season, you get to be in this little shrine. That's embarrassing. So. We could do one on worst free agent signings, I think, if we if we tried hard enough. You consider it. I mean, this is could be another series, kind of like you, me and Tommy are doing with rewatching games. We, I could consider that. Where players came to die. <laughs> great title. I that could be Edmund that stick out to me the most. That's a great book title right there. Where players Jim, came to Jim die. Jim Edmonds, uh, he uh, kind of remade his career on Real Housewives of Orange County. God, I. Being a husband on one of those shows would be the biggest nightmare learned in the history of just anything. He was in the news recently. He, uh, he just, good. anytime, anytime a former athlete's in the news is literally always bad. Well, this is, this is great. He, he, uh, broke up with his wife who was on that show and he, the girl he broke up with her for was a girl that he and his wife had a threesome with and he decided he liked the other girl better. Yep. And that was on Real Housewives of OC. Don't you oh, know about it? Real Housewives of OC, Tommy? Yeah, I do, but it's not in season right now. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's New York. New York and <laughs> Beverly Hills. <laughs> Tommy, you didn't know about that? That's pretty juicy. This actually just happened right now. Yeah, Megan King Edmonds dances single ladies after ex Jim Edmonds reveals new girlfriend. Yeah, the yeah. girl uh, they had a threesome. The girl with. they had a threesome with. <laughs> Girls, well, don't let your husband talk you. Try a little bit harder. <laughs> don't have threesomes <laughs> or yeah um, you can't yeah, you can't let yourself get compared like you know like oh he, he has a private um, Instagram account now wow oh, I hate to see that wow he's hiding <laughs> I want to see a picture of this broad do people say is that a word people still use uh, not since I think the 30s but yeah you can try to bring it back <laughs> bring it back <laughs> right now uh, Tommy, you have anything you want to promote from Play Frenemies before? Oh uh, yeah, if you want to uh, listen to me talk about reality shows. Speaking of which, you can do that three times a week on the Frenemies Recap Podcast. We talk about everything from both Real Housewives, Ninety Day Fiance, little uh, Below Deck Sailing Yacht. We got some Vanderpump on there, some Summer House, all the good stuff. And I cannot be speaking of San Diego. Shout out to Big Ed, who lives in San Diego, is on Ninety Day Fiance, one of the most entertaining human beings I've ever seen. In my whole entire life. So, shout out great, Kind of great segue there by Wade, bringing up Jim Edmonds. That worked out nicely. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, I love Jim Edmonds. Oh, did you? <laughs> Never mind. I'll take it back. Um, I really... Oh, yeah. There, there's the photo. <laughs> Courtney O'Connor. 
Quarantine with workout partner in his in his in home gym. Wow, what a guy! Wait, you got anything to promote before we go? Uh, are we doing my film room? You want you got a show for me? Yeah. Go on. Well, so the other day I watched Jojo Rabbit. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> nice. Very good movie. Highly recommend. Is that on Netflix? Uh, no, I had to purchase it on Amazon. Oof. You know, one of those like four ninety nine rentals. I watched it on a plane. Like it was right before quarantine. I watched it on my way home from Florida. Oh, that's right. You were in the HEPA center. <laughs> what? I didn't tell me not come home with Corona. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so wait, that, you're uh, not going to tell me anything about it or what? Jojo Rabbit. Just look it up. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a satirical Hitler movie. Oh. With kids. With kids. I love anything with Hitler in it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, just Courtney O'Connor lady is very, like, kind of discreet about these photos. Who? The, the new girl. The threesome girl? Yeah, I'm just kind of completely looking through all of her stuff right now. I like the old girl better. I like the wife. Whose idea was the threesome? The wife came to Jimmy O's on one of their uh, Real Housewives of OC episodes and was this like making a out. Jimmy O's lady. <laughs> Have you? They they went to Jimmy O's and were going nuts at Jimmy O's. That makes so much sense. <laughs> hey, when this quarantine is over, we're, oh, we're all dude, going to Jimmy I O's. The same dude. No way, dude. I'm screenshotting this. Send it to you. One of her pictures. I have same picture. What? Yeah, dude. It's, a place in Cabo. I was there. Literally uh, exact same exact same picture. I'm sending you guys this. It's nuts. Right. Maybe she's been stalking you this whole time. Make a move. You think I could pull I'll pull Jim Edmonds? She's into threesomes. Maybe you Jim Edmonds and yeah. her have a threesome and you can steal her. Well, maybe her ex maybe Jim Edmonds' ex wife, her and the me. Yeah. That would, would show Jim Edmonds. You wouldn't show, do a yeah. threesome with Jim Edmonds <laughs> just for the story? Oh, no, absolutely not. I don't want Jim Edmonds anywhere near anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the hell out. Let's get out of here. Uh, I'm basically famous. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Fire Farm Hands. If you enjoy the show, I mean, how, this was a killer show. Subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. This Jim was... Emmett hides his girl. What's that, Tommy? <laughs> what? Nope, nothing. Nothing about Jim Emmett having to hide his new girl. Nothing about that. Didn't say that. We're never listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. For Wade and Tommy, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you guys next week. Toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. Just ask Major League Superstar Fred McGriff. I'm so impressed with the instruction videos by Coach Amansky that I've given them my full endorsement. When you watch them, you'll know why. The Defensive Drills video is available now for immediate shipping. It makes a great gift and benefits players of all ages and ability levels. To order your copy, call toll-free 1-800-544-1000. That's 1-800-544-1000. Call now. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.